podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks for joining us for episode 32 of Steve Bloomer's Watching the Derby County Fan Podcast. I'm Chris. Tom's made out of on his bike through the treacherous conditions. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad. And Richard Kutch is here too. How are things? Very good. Very nice. Thank you. I'm not sure why I'm asking. I did see you for the whole of yesterday. It was a long day. It was. Okay. Successful. I feel for you, Kutch. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you then. Who am I? I played 123 games for Derby County between 1988 and 1993. Oh, wow. It's an old one. Taking you way that back into the archives for this yeah. one. I was one years old when he made his debut. <laughs> yeah. Or she, or she. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, but it's a he. <laughs> one all in series two, more clues and the answers to that one to come at the end of the podcast. So Derby are back to winning ways and nicely poised in sixth in the championship in a formative table. Some ups and downs on the pitch since our last podcast. I mean, we expect nothing less these days, don't we? But we'll talk about Rotherham and Blackburn a bit later but Richard we were we were there at Pride Park for the victory of a, the 3-1 victory over Brentford do you think the first half display apart from the first minute of course was some of the best football we've seen in recent seasons absolutely um, that was we were unplayable um, Brentford did stand off us a bit strangely uh, they didn't really press our back four which teams have had success against us doing that before but the front four plus Johnson and Bryson were just completely unplayable uh, the movement the speed Harry Wilson looks like a new player Harry Wilson looks like the player he was in pre-season um, and Mason Mount I mean what more can we say about Mason Mount he's just oozes quality I mean, Scott Carson seems to think so he tweeted afterwards I don't think I've been part of a better performance and he's been with Derby since 2015 so um, strong words there Tom yeah definitely having watched the highlights back um, yesterday I think the way that Derby played really sort of positive uh, getting in their faces Bryson was just a ball of energy um, the tackle that he made um, just before the second goal which uh, allowed the ball to get past to Johnson uh, who then played that amazing through ball through to Nugent that, that tackle just epitomised exactly what Bryson was all about and that's the Bryson we've been been crying out for for the last sort of five or six weeks and the 2013-14 Bryson uh, brilliant stuff as good as we were though Richard Brentford certainly gave us a hand with the first goal didn't they um, giving it straight to Mason Mount and then 12 seconds later the ball's in the back of their net yeah I, mean, I think you said Chris uh, to us yesterday that maybe Brentford deserved the assist for that one and I think that's probably that's probably true <laughs> um it, that short corner was awful not just did it go straight to Mason Mount but um, if Mason Mount hadn't got it it would have gone straight to Harry Wilson yeah. um, but you know you can only play with what you've been given and the speed at which Mount played it through to Wilson Wilson kicks it ahead beats a man probably should have been taken down by Brentford it was poor defending from them but then the vision to put Bryson through Bryson makes sure he's not offside he kicks it on once more plays it through to Wilson and then the composure from Wilson I think it was a four pass move and it's in the back of the net in about 12 seconds it's really really incisive and it looks easy those counter attacks but so often do you see them get mucked up particularly at our level yeah. it's just bizarre that Brentford even went for that short corner in the first place given the joy they'd had from yeah. the corner before that I said 
don't know about everyone else, but it's a real pet hate of mine, short corners in the first place. Call me old-fashioned, but just get it in the mixer. <laughs> we've been we've been playing a few short corners this season, and I think I think normally what works for a short corner is the option, so it makes the opposition a bit uncertain whether to put an extra man in the box or an extra man out the box. But, you know, a short corner shouldn't be a hard pass for them yeah. to make. It wasn't yeah. the fact they took a short corner which was the problem, it was the horrendous execution. I do sort of agree with you, Chris, with the short corners, but I think if you're changing the angle and getting the ball in the box... Uh, pretty much immediately then it's fine and I do agree with you Kutch like the, the execution of that short corner was terrible the breaking through the lines from Wilson brilliant and then Bryson uh, with the composure gets his head up um, and spots Wilson and unselfishly passes it across I wouldn't have blamed Bryson for taking that on himself but he, he, could, he could have easily drilled it low and hard across the keeper couldn't yeah. he he was, he was basically in himself yeah. But yeah, yeah. and I thought we were watching it from like the East Stand Upper Richard and I and you was sort of behind Bryson and I, I thought he was going to pull the trigger but yeah real um, you know great vision yeah. and really unselfish to square it across for, for a tap in for Wilson for his first goal it's, it, was, it would have been a risk to have taken on and he, he realised that I think and that's Bryson isn't it he's a thinking player uh, and he got the ball and he knew that Wilson had an open goal so good decision uh, and unselfish play and credit to Wilson as well like you know he got on the end of a tap in but he bombed on he sprinted a good 50, 60 yeah. yards or so to get on the end of that. Yeah, and he was already he was already looking dangerous before that. You know, he had that chance which was deflected and almost dropped in yeah. off, off the keeper. Um, but that goal really set him up for the rest of the, the rest of that half, particularly Wilson, that really dangerous. He's really glides across the turf with the ball. He's very fast with the ball at his feet, and uh, you know that, that that whole front four as his head caused them problems. But Wilson particularly stood yeah. out in that first forty-five minutes. I'm I'm delighted for him because uh, I certainly criticised him, especially after watching him at Oldham. Um, but early in the season, I just didn't think he was. Um, he seemed to be up for it. He didn't seem to be creating chances, getting past his man. Um, and yesterday, he did exactly that. Got past got past players, used his pace, um, and set up, set up, scored a goal and set up chances for other players. Certainly at Reading, he like he, he shrank back a bit, didn't he? Like mm. he was really quiet, almost as if he didn't quite want the ball. Yeah. But anyway, he's clearly playing like he had a point to prove yeah. when he came in again. And it gives uh, give Frank a bit of a selection headache with him or Lawrence or Flojo, doesn't it? And Bennett. You've got to mention Bennett in there as well, in that sort of like wing position. I think that um, the interesting thing, we, we touched on it with Bryson, we haven't mentioned Nugent yet. I'm sure we'll come on to him, particularly with his goal. But the way that Bryson countered that and, and, and played Wilson through it really sums up what that we, we can all get excited about the young players, uh, Wilson, Mount, Bennett. But I think it's so important having Nugent and Bryson in that in that kind of attacking group of five, really, because they just bring that maturity, that experience. And I think as much as Lampard, I think, probably wants to play Waghorn or maybe Marriott up front eventually, I think he knows that Nugent and Bryson are having such a big influence on those players around them and letting them play and letting them express themselves because they just add that extra experience and know-how to a very, very young attacking group. Do you think Nugent makes slightly cleverer runs than, than Marriott, maybe, like because he's more experienced, i.e. older? Um, <laughs> he... Uh, conserves his energy a bit more like you know makes runs at the right time rather than Marriott who I get the sense charges around a little bit more yeah. and is a bit more keen to to make an impression because he you know he's, he's he's got a big move and he hasn't yeah. really played much football yet I think he, Marriott almost had a thankless task when he came on yesterday obviously an opportunity to maybe get on the score sheet in a, in a comfortable victory but you know we saw Nugent he was just Bryson of course covered every blade of brass but Nugent's pressing he really set the tone for the whole team pressing and Marriott did the same when he came on fair play to him uh, but I felt like Marriott was just desperate to get his feet on the ball desperate yeah. to impress but you're right about Nugent and his intelligence and his runs 
I mean, he creates space for other players all the time. He goes into the channels. He'll run down the middle like he did for the goal, and we'll come on to that. But he's just a very... Nugent's a very selfless player as well. A bit of an inquest after, I think, the first goal, wasn't there, from, from Brentford. You can see their players arguing with each other yeah. as we celebrate. I think it was the first goal. I was very disappointed in them, really. Uh, I was expecting a lot more from Brentford in terms of their passing style and their pressing. And with 10 minutes to go in the first half, they were literally just sat there letting us letting us attack them, It was which biz- was so, so weird. It was bizarre. We were 3-1 up. They'd just been you know pounded for 20 minutes, three goals in, I think, 14 minutes. Mm. And as you say, we had the ball. Anyone that's watched Derby this season, particularly against Leeds and Millwall, knows that if you press our back four and our deep midfielders when they're trying to pass the ball, we really struggle, and we haven't we haven't learned to cope with that yet. And Brentford did this weird thing where they had their three forward players stand off our back four, kind of just inside our own half. But they weren't pressing Kieran, they weren't pressing Tamori. And it meant that we could just pass it round the back and wait until Johnson or Bryson or Mount was open. And then as soon as we were past that first um, defensive line from Brentford, we were in, and we were back into the channels and going out wide and creating opportunities. And Brentford just... They either didn't have a plan or their players didn't want to execute the plan. It could have been it could have been four or five at half time, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it should have been, actually. Do you think that maybe Brentford set up like that, um, to not press because they were happy to give um the centre back to the ball, knowing that sometimes their distribution isn't great and they can make a mistake and give the ball away? We've seen certainly Keo do that a number of times over Perhaps, the years. Perhaps, yeah, but, but I mean Tamori's got a long ball on him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he can he can he can ping it. Yeah. Keo yeah. less so. He's more about sort of, uh, you know, ducking past a, a striker and then fizzing a low ball in, be- yeah. you know, in between the lines um, down the middle, wasn't he? But yeah, Tamori's got a, got a long ball in yeah. him. I think. But you saw both of them though, both Kia and Tamori breaking through from defence into the midfield and stepping out, and I think that's what we've lacked over the last sort of month or so. Um, someone breaking the lines and, and doing something a bit different rather than it being predictable and side to side. Talking about the long ball though, and it's a great way to come on to the, the second goal, the Nugent goal, because. One thing we've all lamented a couple of weeks ago when we were struggling in, in the season was when we are being pressed, not having not having that long ball in the armoury, you know, not being wanting to play that long ball to stretch team. Because we've discussed before, if you want to play good attacking football and play from the back, you need to give them something to think about so they can sit off you mm. over the top. And you know, Bradley Johnson showed perfectly uh, how dangerous that can be when he when he released Nugent for the second goal. So yeah, it was Nugent who got it, latched onto to that long ball. Lobbed it over the keeper. I'll be honest, I was waiting for the flag to go up for that one. I was yeah. convinced he was offside. But that through ball coming from Bradley Johnson, Tom. We're not going to try and ask too ridiculous a question, but is he the new Tom Huddleston? <laughs> uh, well, interesting. So sort of contradict myself. Right? <laughs> that is a ridiculous question. It's a shame that Huddleston hasn't come back into the side, but I think Johnson stepped up lots this year. Um, and he's winning the ball, and then his, his distribution has been, been a lot better uh, in more recent games. But I still don't think he's... Uh, I don't, don't think he's got the same range as Tom Huddleston. So he, he's doing a very good job at the moment and I'm really pleased with him. Um, and he's the player that we thought he would be, uh, or more like the player we thought he would be when we signed him. So no, but I'm very pleased with the role he is play, he's playing. So Bradley Johnson made more passes than any other Derby County player at the Brentford with 50 and had a uh, 82% pass completion rate. And he got an assist and he made a few decent interceptions along the way as well. Do you think some of our fans are guilty of uh, underrating him? Yeah, and me included, I think. Um, that was probably the best performance I've seen from Bradley Johnson, particularly in that role. He really was very disciplined, while everyone else was having a field day, field day breaking forward. He did st- he did stay in there, yeah. and he really, I saw for the first time this season, 
the real difference between the roles of Johnson and Bryson. Mm. When we were when we were pressing um, on the ball, Johnson was great, but when we were pressing, he stayed in position. And what seemed to happen was Bryson was the midfielder who helped out the front three. Um, sorry, helped out Nugent and the two wingers on the pressing. Mount would then fill a gap where the forward pass was going to go to. He was, yeah. Mount wasn't pressing so much himself; it was filling the space for an interception. And Johnson was then set sat kind of five yards behind there, shielding the back four. Um, what that meant was that when we did win the ball back, either through a kind of uh, Bryce or Nugent making a tackle or it, Mount intercepting it in that dangerous position, Mount had all the space to then launch a, launch a counter-attack. Mm. And that all comes back, I think, from Johnson's positioning and Johnson's discipline. He didn't look desperate to get forward and get shots off like he has done uh, in previous matches. He, he really seems to be grown into that role. Yeah. That was, I think that was the difference between his performance against Brentford and one against Blackburn, where he, he was decent, but his pass completion rate wasn't as good against Blackburn in a game we didn't win. And he kept shooting from long distance as well, which isn't his game, really. Yeah. Just sticks what you're good at, stick, keep it simple. Yeah. And I think he did that to in a much more effective way against Brentford. So I tweeted along the subject that, you know, I thought Johnson and Keogh were both excellent. And um, a, f- a few of our fans replied to me saying, um, so John Eisen um, got in touch to say, Johnson was good on Tuesday, but for the first time since about his 10th game for us, he looked like the player that we signed mm. again against Brentford. Uh, Dan tweeted us to say, Johnson was immense, although he was helped by Brentford giving him yards of room and time to morph into PLO. <laughs> is and, is uh, he the new PLO then? <laughs> he hasn't got the hair for it anymore, has he? Because he's, <laughs> no. uh, he's got short hair now. But, um, and Sunil tweeted us to say, Johnson's passing was excellent. Neat and tidy short passes and some excellent over-the-top stuff too. So great to see him improving and, and contributing. Yeah. Just, and then, go on. Sorry, just on one of one of those responses that mentioned that Johnson, like his first 10 games was excellent for us and then he dropped off. I remember Johnson and Thorne playing in central midfield, ironically against Brentford, and we won 2-0, must have been maybe three years ago. And those two were absolute bullies. They just destroyed Brentford in the midfield. Um, big, strong, powerful uh, sort of central midfielders and I thought that was going to be a really great pairing um, and it didn't quite then work out so I, yeah totally agree with some of those comments not sure about the Pirlo but <laughs> <laughs> then Derby's third goal of course came from more I think more naivety from Brentford for me really they had given away a couple of sloppy fouls outside the box before uh, Mount did curl in that free kick so you know they had had warning but yeah. they just didn't they didn't heed it did they yeah, yeah. anyone that's watched the, the highlight reel of Mount this season knows that he's got that got those free kicks in his locker even if this was the first one he scored mm. um but again, I think uh, the the break on the, the breakaway to, to win that free kick was Keo to Forsyth. He played it yeah. over the top to Wilson, and yeah. he ran across the box, and it was it was a clumsy shoulder barge uh, which, which took out took out Wilson. And Wilson's a great free kick yeah. taker as well. And yeah, yeah. they were both over that ball. Tom 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 looked at the uh, highlights. He thought the wall wasn't very well set. The goalkeeper didn't even seem to move his yeah. feet at all. He just kind of fell on the floor. Um, but it was it was just inside the post. I don't think the keeper had much chance. It's a great strike, and he obviously hit the crossbar against Blackburn on Tuesday. But I do I did it didn't look quite right in terms of it wasn't right in the corner, um, and the wall didn't quite seem to be far enough across. He's, I haven't seen it from behind, so it'd be interesting to see how much bend he actually gets on it. But it was pretty flat from what I remember yeah. seeing in the replay, and it's it was a good two yards inside the post. Yeah, I mean, it just he just whipped it so quickly. 
and, the, and the, the, it was it was past the keeper yeah. before he could get near it. And, and fair enough, but there was for me as a goalkeeper, I, was, I would be questioning where the wall was and how how the goalkeeper moved. I'd, I'd like to see it again, and I'd like to see the sort of behind. So it was pretty uh, low, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. as if it was right in the top corner. No. Um, but great strike and he's he's clearly got that from outside the box we've seen that you mentioned Wilson I'm pretty sure he set up Tamori's goal against Oldham in the League Cup and that was a decent ball in um, so yeah we've got we've got some real set piece options I mean what more can we say about Mason Mount he's just a fantastic footballer isn't he he's, yeah. he, he's going to go all the way there's, there's no yeah. wonder that Southgate was watching him at our place against Blackburn on Tuesday he's just got everything in his locker hasn't he like, he's he spraying long passes against Brentford he sprayed a great ball out to Bennett I think in the second half the way he like, takes the ball in tight areas and both feet and then yeah. just glides past challenges. He's quite small and slight, isn't he? But he doesn't get bullied off the ball that often, I don't think. No. And, you know, good in his left, good in his right. And five goals in 11 already. So he's on for a 20-goal season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he, and he looks like he's going to score every match. Cause, because he does... I've never seen a player shoot so often in a Derby County shirt from outside the box. And it's not just gratuitous shooting. There's shots where he has every right to take that shot. He yeah. just has the confidence to take it, as you said, right or left. His passing in close in close environments is just ridiculous. He released um, Harry Wilson in the uh, start of the second half uh, with a lovely little slide pass in, in, in the inside channel, and, and Wilson um, ends up hitting the post. Uh, and there's a couple of other passes, I think, um, Mount also released uh, Flojo midway through the second half as well. And when he played, when he played the ball, Christus goes, "That is disgusting." In, in, in the stands, he starts wiping the um, draw away from his face. Um, and he was just, it's just never ending. And he and he puts in a shift. He plays ninety minutes every single time. He just, he has got everything. I do f- almost think, in a weird way, sometimes he's slightly ahead of some other players in our team. You know, yeah. like Flojo almost didn't seem to be expecting that that low sort of through ball that he played in the second half and it seems that some of the things he does even we can't spot like that, that through ball to Wilson in the second half we were stood right above it in the in the east end and we didn't even see that yeah. ball on <laughs> I, think what's, I think what's really clear is and I think this is why Lampard is so keen to play Wilson is and I noticed it in the pre-season game versus Wolves those two have an understanding that they are Wilson and Mount are on the same wavelength and maybe the way that you're saying Flojo isn't on the same wavelength and it was really obvious yesterday that they just linked up so well they seem to understand each other's game they want to look for each other they know where to run is they know where the pass is going to go so hopefully that partnership can continue to flourish yeah can, can I ask a ridiculous question go on 19 year old Mason Mount 19 year old Will Hughes who would you prefer Mason Mount yeah yeah, it's not even it's not even a contest for me, really. Yeah, I think probably Mason Mount. I think maybe Will Hughes was ahead of Mason Mount when they were sixteen. If you take their yeah. equivalents at sixteen years old, um, but Will Hughes never added that goals no. to his game. I loved. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Will Hughes as much as the next Derby fan, but he never scored enough goals. Didn't really do anything from from set pieces. Slightly one-footed. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think much more left-footed. Now, when I first watched, or, or Mount, not. Sorry, that's unfair. Yeah. Not as two-footed as yeah. Mount is. Yeah, when I first watched Mount against Reading, I actually thought he was left-footed, and it what? took him to a corner uh, that he took right-footed. I was like, he's just got two feet. They're both equally capable. What Will Hughes has, uh, which Mount maybe doesn't have currently, is Will Hughes has that real natural competitiveness, maybe gets himself in trouble a little bit yeah. too often, wins a lot of free kicks, Will Hughes does. Very intelligent player as well. I don't want to be too harsh on Will Hughes, because I think he's a fantastic player, and I think we still yeah, miss yeah. him. Definitely. I'd love to see those two in the same team together. 
they're a different type of centre midfielders, aren't they? I think Mount seems to be much more naturally attacking, whereas you've alluded to it, Chris, more combative is Hughes. So maybe a perhaps more sort of deep line playmaker rather than the sort of forward thinking. Um, and I think Mount gets himself in and around the box a lot more than Hughes ever did. So yeah, maybe an unfair comparison and an unfair question, but I think they're two great players and I'm loving watching Mount at the moment. I had a scary thought on the way back from Brentford of what happens if Mason Mount gets injured and it brought me out in, in cold sweats and having palpitations. <laughs> Granted, some of those were the beer sweats, but you know, at the same time, uh, we don't have anywhere near as much of a threat if if he did pick up some sort of injury, do we? Joe Ledley can come in. <laughs> what's happened to Joe Ledley? He wasn't on the bench yesterday, was he? Too many players. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mason Mount, it, yeah, I think we would struggle with that. Of course, anyone would struggle without Mason Mount, but you know what? There's twenty other te- there's 23 other teams in the championship and none of them have Mason Mount mm. and five of them are above us currently. So I don't think it'd be the end of the world. Of course, we'd miss him. Tom Lawrence is still to come back in. You know, I think we've got quite a few options who can play in that Mason Mount role yeah. just behind what what is currently kind of just behind uh, the striker. So, yes, of course we'd miss him. Uh, but you know what? No one else has got him. So who cares? Yeah. I was going to say, Lawrence had a good season as well, like so far, despite his perhaps uh, getting sent off against Rotherham. And we haven't really mentioned him this uh, over the sort of last couple of, couple of podcasts. And I think he scored quite a few goals. So Steve Lee was washing his partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company the family run micropub operator in Derby myself and Richard are in the tap before the Brentford game and it's a top boozer for Rams fans so go and take a look more in a second Hi I'm Dean Sturridge and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing So I've picked up a few players there Nugent's Mason Mount Harry Wilson any other standout players and performers from Brentford Richard I think a lot I think no one had a bad game Jaden Bogle looked great I thought Mason Bennett started the game very well particularly those two together down the right wing continue to impress as a partnership it's a good little axis isn't it a good little uh, weapon down the right yeah and I think you picked out as well that Bryson often comes over to that side and works with with, with those two in the same way Mount kind of drifts over to the left and likes to play from that channel um, so those two I think for me Bryson and Johnson were the, were the standouts um, Forsyth very solid again I think he looks he looks like quite a dependable player again I'm yeah. quite happy with I know, I, I'm not worried when Forsyth gets the ball you know we know that he can be good going forward and he's a relatively solid reassuring presence again another older older yeah. player which is probably quite useful for us that was going to be my question to both of you like what do you think of Forsyth at the left back uh, in the left back position again because we've obviously had problems there and we, we talked about needing a new left back uh, and Forsyth was a bit of a mess at times last season and he's come back in and he seems pretty pretty solid at the moment. Well, he seems relatively confident, which I think is a big help. When his confidence is down, he can drop some absolute clangers, can't he? Got into a few decent positions yesterday, but there was one, you know, there was a disappointing throwback when he sort of mount cut it back to him and he had a good 15 yards to pick out a decent cross and he just ballooned it way over the bar um, to, to mass groans from everyone but apart from that he didn't do a huge amount wrong I don't think really. yeah and it's well two telling things about Forsyth when he did hit that uh, cross which went miles over the bar yeah there were a few groans but guess what two seconds later everyone's on their feet and clapping and encouraging him because everyone can see they're trying the right things everyone can see that there is confidence flowing through that team and Forsyth is a beneficiary of that the other point I was going to make about Forsyth is we haven't really, until you asked the question, we haven't really talked about them. And you know what? If we're not talking about left backs and right backs, it's mm. probably normally a good thing. On yeah. the subject of full backs, though, I mean, Jaden Bogle, so impressive, isn't he? For an 18 year old, he was superb against Blackburn, I thought. How has he not got a goal yet, by the way? Because he's getting yeah. so many positions. Yeah. He was very close on, in the week. Yeah. But, um, and I think he had a shot saved at the near post, didn't he, by Blackburn's keeper. Yeah. And yesterday, he was, you know, he was chucking himself into like full blooded 50 50s mm. and 
getting on the overlap a couple of times. As you say, good relationship with some of his teammates as well. Like a really promising young player, isn't he? I think he looks really, really promising. I saw his debut uh, at Boundary Park, and he looked—he looked like a, a season first teamer. Um, started in really nicely, confident touches, uh, got down the wing, uh, defended well, and did everything you'd want from a fullback, and uh, been like a new signing. And you got—you got to remember as well. Sorry, Richard, that he put it in perspective. He's keeping Andre Wisdom out of the team, who's yeah. an experienced championship fullback with, you know, I don't know, must well over a hundred. Football league appearances, and if you look yeah. at the other side, like you know, Max Lowe's not doing the same to to Forsyth or, or Malone. Yeah. Um, you can't under you know understate the achievement that Bogle's made nailing down that first team spot. I think Bogle and Max Lowe are very similar. Um, obviously, the start, the first few games of the season, everyone was talking about Max Lowe, and rightly so, he had a really good start to the season. I think maybe where Bogle has ended up being ahead of Max Lowe in his development and his uh, progress this season is actually probably physical. I think mm. Bogle's a, a bit bigger, a bit stronger. Uh, on the ball and can maybe hold his own a little bit better uh, in the championship whereas Max Lowe maybe that's what he's going to benefit from for going up north to the to the North Sea to kind of uh, put on a bit more uh, a bit more pounds and a bit more wily uh, characteristics <laughs> staying in Scotland for a while makes, it, makes a man out of anyone doesn't it yeah, yeah. It do. I think that's a I do think that's a good move for, for Lowe and I think he is bulking up um, but yeah Bogle has looked really impressive I remember a few years back seeing a young man called Joe Gomez make his debut for Charlton against Derby uh, Charlton beat us 3-2 uh, in that fixture and um I texted my mate I was like who is this Gomez guy you've signed um, he just was phenomenal at right back um, and he was up and down and very similar in that, that sort of way and he responded he was like, oh he's a 16 year old who's come through our youth, youth stuff and Bogle's the same Like he looks at home in first team football just as Gomez did that day and hopefully he can go and have a good career and you'd imagine like you know young really talented promising English fullbacks I feel like they're at a bit of a premium so well, I'm not looking too far ahead but his, he could have a big future ahead of him, couldn't he? Well, I, I think I'm not sure what the competition is uh, for 18 year olds at the moment, but he, I would have thought he should be seriously contending for an under 21 call up this season. Well, he has only played uh, the five championship games, so we can't get too far ahead of ourselves, and we need to see him when he makes a mistake because that happens to all players and how he bounces back from that. But I really think he's been impressive, and he's a, it's a real like positive thing to see a rampaging fullback. It's nothing better than seeing someone get into the box from that position. He did get well not skinned but he did get beaten a couple of times yeah. by Ollie Watkins against Brentford who to be fair is a very decent attacking player so there's no real shame in that but he's um, while he has impressed going forward the point that I made on, on the video that we did for Sky is that when you have these young players they will make mistakes as Bogle, Bogle did once or twice and as Tamori did for the goal and a couple of other times but at the same time they have got the ability to win you games as well and they are what fans want to see aren't they yeah and I think in the Millwall game uh, this season they, they said afterwards that they were they were planning to target Jaden Bogle and I think as he picked out Ollie Watkins I think actually midway through the first half we noticed that suddenly Brentford whenever they had, had attacks or were building from the back they always had someone hugging the left touch line really stretching Bogle making Bogle think about his position and I think he did struggle a little bit with how when to go out when to close down when to hold his position inside uh, and that, that really did test him and Bennett but they saw themselves through it and they didn't concede uh, really dangerous chances but it, they, he was beaten a few times on the outside In the Championship then four points are separating the entire top half at the moment from Leeds Top on 18 to Blackburn in 12th on 14. But we're nicely placed, aren't we? You know, we, yeah. we've, we've started better than usual. Yeah. And at the moment, we're keeping pace with the pack, only two points off the top. 
but then so are quite a few other teams. But well, well yeah, we're two points from the top and two points from twelve because we're we're right in the middle of that on on sixteen points. Uh, it's bizarre, but you know if you think we should have beaten Blackburn on Tuesday, certainly with the chances that we created, if if and it isn't if we would be joint top. Yeah. And if uh, perhaps we hadn't conceded a soft penalty against Rotherham, we would have actually been top outright, which is ridiculous <laughs> considering, I'd say, the quality of the the sort of overall play of the ninety minutes for uh, for this season. So I think we're in a really good position. I don't think we've been truly tested. The only time we have really been tested was Leeds, and they gave us a pasting. Let's be honest. Um, so I'd be like, I'd like to see us against a, a Norwich. I think is going to be a tough game. West uh, Brom. West Brom. Yeah. Even even to be honest, Stoke. They've had a bad. Bad start to the season, bless them, but uh, they've got some quality players in there. So I'm looking forward to seeing us up against those teams. Do you think it's one of the most open championships for a while? I think so. No one looks like, I mean, it is early, but no one looks like they're going to run away with it. The, the relegated teams um, don't look like they're ready to run away with it at all. West Brom are the ones I'm going to keep an eye on. West Brom and Middlesbrough are the two yeah. that I think will be have the staying power. Uh, to really, really stretch and, and maybe take those top two places. But going back to the theme of our youngsters, that is the ultimate test. You know, going to West Brom away, mm. going to Leeds, uh, playing a, a Nottingham Forest team, which are going to be challenging as well this season. That's you know, we if we win the first couple of those big clashes, that could really set us up and we could do something special. Yeah. If they fold or you know, don't like the word bottle it but if they if they don't turn up on those big occasions then we could find ourselves kind of milling about just outside the top six but it's going to be really I'm really looking forward to seeing how Mount Wilson Bogle Bennett all react when we're we're going to the Hawthorns we're going to the city ground and we're going to Ellen Road I can't wait to see like Mason Mount in, in the derby players like Lawrence and playing alongside players like Nugent who are like canny and no fixtures like that yeah Bryson will be invaluable in a fixture like that Br- yeah, Bryson yeah. and Johnson that's going to be a really great game actually Derby Forest this season because Forest you know none of us like Forest but I think we want to see them competitive because those Derby games will mean something even more yeah I totally agree and I'm looking forward to the Forest games in particular because they've they spent a bit of money and they've uh, brought in some good players um, which we talked about a few podcasts ago so I think it's so open there's there's no one side I think that's going to dominate this league um, and I hope that Derby can compete there and I'm, I'm looking forward to the month of October especially when we sort of go um, I think we've got uh, West Brom towards the end of the month and uh, no, Stoke's coming up in midweek and I think November as well so we've got a lot of big games coming up um, and a few tricky away ones really interesting to see how we compete with those Do you think you don't think that I'm not going to say we have too many young players but we're not too inexperienced I only mentioned it because you flagged up uh, something on Twitter from uh, Good Brand Stats on Twitter who informed us that five of Derby's starting eleven against Brentford were 22 or under including two teenagers whereas the last Derby County starting 11 under Gary Rowett had seven players over 30 and the youngest player was 24 I'm not sure what point I'm trying to make with this but you don't you don't think we need a few more extra heads in there for example do you think Davis does come in for Tamori? I think I think that's a really really interesting point I think Davis should come in uh, and I'm not sure who he would come in for would be it Tamori or Keogh and I think we, we do need experience in some of those fixtures. At the same time, you have that sort of uh, thing with brilliance with youth is that you have this sort of like this willingness to run through anything and do anything. And there's, the, there's not that fear factor in there. And I think with the, some of the young players we've got, they just play sometimes without fear. And you've got to keep that. Yes, I do think Davis does come in, but I don't think we're a too young team, uh, if that makes sense. I mean, Keogh was fantastic yesterday. And I believe he was very good against Rotherham, I think, I heard. 
and he hasn't done he hasn't really put a foot wrong and tomorrow he's getting better every game I'm yet to be completely convinced by him but because I think he has got a mistake in him and he there's one moment on Saturday against Brentford when he made a great interception he stepped in really important interception he had all the time in the world I mean he passed it straight to Brentford and Tamori yeah Tamori it just kind of summed him up a little bit for me he has that, that moment where he's, he looks like one of the best defenders in the world and graceful and fast and powerful and then he seems to close his eyes and pass it to an opposition player so I'm yet to be completely convinced by Tamori but I wouldn't break up that partnership if Davis is fit on Saturday which I don't think he's going to be but if he was fit on Saturday I would probably not bring him back in and I'd love Curtis Davis you think that the thing with Tamori is that he does make mistakes, but he usually covers up for them because he's incredibly quick, doesn't mm. he? Like the amount of times there'll be a ball in behind and Tamori, a Brentford player, had a two or three yard head start on Tamori, but it'd still get there comfortably ahead of him. Uh, Davis and Keogh can't really do does, that. doesn't give away free kicks either, Tamori. He's a very clean tackler. He wins kind of when it's shoulder to shoulder. He always comes out on top without fouling, which is something that not all defenders do. The other thing that Tamori brings, a bit like Keogh, is he's good on the ball and it's so much in vogue and the way Lampard wants to play they want to have players who are comfortable on the ball and Curtis Davis is very neat and tidy uh, doesn't give many mistakes away but he hasn't got that extra longer pass in him or that, that quick turn or that turn of pace uh, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Lampard does when all three of them are fit It's a nice dilemma I think and it's one I think a lot of teams would be would be jealous of um, I personally would bring Davis in I don't know who I'd bring him in for Derby's next three fixtures, Bolton away, Norwich at home and Queen's Park Rangers away before the international break. I can see us winning two of them, I reckon. I'd say I think we, I think we can get six points out of, out of nine there. I don't disagree, maybe even more. And I think we have, we have to, if we're going to challenge, we have to get six points, I'd say, from those because we've got a tough, a tough month of October. I've mentioned uh, West Brom, we've also got Middlesbrough away. Uh, and then in November we've got an extremely tough month where you might think we pick up a few less points so you're thinking Bolton away we'd, we'd, we'd wanted to pick up three points there QPR haven't started brilliantly and Norwich again you're at home to Norwich I'd be hopeful for at least two wins um, and ideally th- ideally three it means we're going to win nothing now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's tough isn't it Any, all these predictions I think if, we, if we're serious about challenging and the team continues to improve like they have showed they have been improving gradually through the season, yeah, six, seven points should be definitely achievable. Uh, I could also see us having another game like we did against Blackburn where we create lots of chances but don't find a net and then you're liable to draw nil-nil or maybe lose one-nil. Uh, Norwich are looking, they seem to be improving steadily through this season. I think Norwich actually will, will be a presence this year. Uh, Bolton and QPR, of course, who should win but away from home in this league is never predictable. So, uh, let's just come through those games relatively unscathed relatively unembarrassed but if we put in a good show we should be picking up at least six points now then Candido Costa Spencer Pryor Andy Oakes Mark <laughs> O'Brien Ron Willems all names to have graced our incredible podcast game Who Ram I where Tom and Richard have to guess the identity of a Derby County player from years go by the clue for this episode is I played 123 games for Derby County between 88 and 93. Richard. Go on, Richard. I don't think it's right, but Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson is incorrect. Tommy Johnson played in the 93-94 playoff final. So this is difficult, Chris, because um, I reckon the last game in the 93 season... Because we're all so young, we barely have (laughs) any memory. It's my first game, so I think it might be John Gregory. John Gregory, incorrect. Clue number two, I scored nine goals... 
Hmm. Richard. Mickey Forsyth. Mickey Forsyth, incorrect. Uh, Tom, uh, Steve McLaren? Steve McLaren, incorrect. I thought someone would have got it by now. Uh, <laughs> um, I was born in Castle Douglas, Scotland. Oh, Tom, Ted McMinn. Ted McMinn is correct. Yes. Oh, the Tin Man. The Tin Man, yes. <laughs> Kevin Clifton McMinn, to give him his full name. So, which actually, one of those is Ted Richard, short for? Kevin Clifton McMinn. <laughs> <laughs> he said Ted. Not, not also true. correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ted McMinn. <laughs> two one to Tom for the series. Any other business before we go? We have to mention old um, Snake Oil. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett's still struggling, sorry. isn't he? Um, Stoke suffering their fourth defeat of the season, and they are currently marooned in. 18th in the table yeah (laughs) so Tom was uh, playing to us some very entertaining uh, audio clips from I think it's like was it the BBC Stoke phone in yeah it was the the phone in and there was one lady who I mean just listen it's the first few minutes right yeah and we'll have to post a link to it from the Twitter account because it is very entertaining this lady just ripped into Gary Rowett says he has no football brain calls him a Jekyll and Hyde manager is scathing of her and quite elegantly scathing she's not just a nutter who ran (laughs) and went mental she did say he's not a very intelligent man (laughs) (laughs) which may or may not be true we don't know (laughs) no football brain Jekyll and Hyde not intelligent I mean this is damning from him from from her to him and I don't know who she is but I like her Um, (laughs) what was it that he said about um, Stoke Stoke fans need to learn about the right time to boo yeah shouldn't be all the time they should pick the right time to be well it sounds like all the time is the right time to be not ideal times for uh, the pound shop yeah. pulis um you know, know what we haven't mentioned so far go on a trip to old trafford on tuesday well none of us are going yeah. so. <laughs> i know but i'm just like just wondering what do we th- think about it good opportunity for resting some players or coach and i were talking about this actually you'd imagine waghorn or marriott will get a game mm-hmm. at old trafford won't they it's a tough one because they, they're all loving playing for Lampard. They're all going to want to really be desperate to play. Um, he's going to want to put people like Mount on that stage, I think, yeah. and, and rightly so. Uh, I, I feel like you want to still have some of those those big names in there. I think Huddleston might come in. I think he might maybe rest Johnson because uh, Johnson's becoming more and more important. Give Huddleston some game time, another experienced player. I think you're right. I think he'll play Waghorn. I think he'll definitely play Waghorn. Maybe Joseph soon come in. He, he'll probably be keen to give Bennett and Bogle yeah. the stage as well. So I, I think it'll be a mix of youth players and experience maybe someone like Pierce to come in like he like he did for the same um, fixture in the FA Cup earlier this year in the FA Cup it was the yeah. FA Cup wasn't yeah. it when we played them in January I don't, I don't, oh, yeah okay. I don't see the benefit of putting Pierce in there because um, I think Keogh and Tamori are still uh, developing their partnership at the moment so I, I would keep with those two and I, I'm looking forward to Mason Mount giving Paul Pogba, Pogba an absolute schooling in how to play football properly I think he's the most overrated centre midfielder in the Premier League Pogba so Man United did that really funny tweet last time didn't they when um, where Pogba like nutmeg Keogh or something oh, yeah. and they were like this is too much or something like that and it just got absolute penalties for it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it really? awful stuff um, we have to mention uh, it's nothing to do with Derby but John McGinn's goal for Aston Villa at the yeah. weekend against Sheffield Wednesday probably hands down one of the best volleys I've ever seen it's a great strike uh, my Villa mate Ben reckoned it was one of the best goals he's ever seen live and he also claimed slightly more outrageously that it's better than Tony Yeboah's volley for Leeds in 1995 I, I, I think it is you reckon yeah I think the ball starts outside the goal and swings back in whereas Yeboah he hits it but it's it's always going in towards the goal the name McGinn isn't quite as romantic or float as easily off the tongue McGinn as, as, as Tony Yeboah though does it so I'm going to go with Yeboah just for the pure 
magic of the name. He's known as McGinney Esther in, uh, <laughs> in those parts, which I enjoy. I should also mention before we go that none of us wanted to see or near the ridiculous behaviour in Rotherham where a, a girl got hit by a chair. But it was nice to see the club um, give a guided tour of the stadium, signed shirt. She seems much better now. Um, and we can all put that bizarre incident behind us, can't we? Yeah, hopefully people don't do that kind of thing again. Everyone makes mistakes in their lives, but that's pretty stupid behaviour, I think. But hopefully we won't see that again. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks and we've got a few, we're going to have a special episode planned in October. But for now, Richard, cheers for joining us. Thank you. Tom, thank you very much. Thanks very much. See you again soon.